Yo, guys, what's up? It's Aiden Taco Jones here. You're listening to Sitting Under a Tree for Tuesday, the 3rd of March, 2018. I hope everyone's good. I'm feeling good, man. I, uh, what's this week? Well, it's, I'm halfway through my run at the Melbourne Comedy Festival. <coughs> I've done five shows, filled them all. I've got five more left. Um, I had a, I, this is kind of the main thing that I want to talk about right now. I had a crazy day on uh, on Saturday. I'm waiting for this review to come out for um, the show that I did on Saturday. So I didn't think I was going to get any reviews in uh, in the Melbourne Comedy Festival. Like I didn't really hit the right people up uh, in time. And like, <clears throat> it's just hard. Like my um, producer, Ange Devery of Crowded Comedy, the fantastic Ange Devery and Tom Dickens, <clears throat> they, um, Ange, Ange told me that uh, her mate, who's a publicist, doesn't do publicity for comedians in the comedy festival because she says it's unethical because it's so, like, the market's so crazy that this lady basically can't guarantee, even though she's a publicist, can't guarantee that she'll get anything and so feels like it's not fair to be taking money off people for that service. Um, so, like, having heard that kind of stuff, I was like, I'm probably not going to get a review. I'm not someone who anyone really cares about, and, um, but I did get a review, right, and so what happened on Saturday afternoon was, uh, I had, like, just great coffee with, uh, with Pete, Pete Jones, um, we had coffee, just chatted about comedy for a while, fly for a little bit in town, and then at, like, three, four in the afternoon, I'm riding my bike home, I stopped by the side of the road on Queen Street in the CBD to, uh, to just send a message, and I, like, have my headphones in, but I'm still sitting on my bike and just like propped up against some low kind of wall thing. And uh, I finished sending the message. I look up and there's a drunk kind of homeless dude standing in front of me with a smashed glass Coke bottle holding it in my face. Like talking about like less than a foot from my face. And he's like kind of brandishing it like, ah, ah, ah. And uh, it took me a second to like realize what was going on. I like looked at the bottle. I looked at the dude. I looked back at the bottle and made that calculation in my head of like, okay, this guy's like being aggressive. Like he's not holding it there to like go, hey, look at the glass bottle that I have in my hand. He's kind of holding it in a way that's like, I'm going to fucking, you better do something because in a couple more seconds, I'm probably going to thrust this towards you. And, um... I jumped off, I was like, what the fuck? And like jumped off my bike, pulled my headphones out real quick to see if he was saying anything. And he was going like, faggot, something. And I jumped back and kind of started backing away. Like, what the fuck, dude? What the fuck? And uh, I went, I just turned my back to him to like walk away. Cause I was like, I just need to get away from this person. But then I turned back around when I was like five, six meters away. And, um, I looked back to my bike and I was like, is he going to take my fucking, b- oh God, I don't want him to steal my bike. Maybe that's what he was doing, you know, but, uh, he didn't, he just like finally was like, ah, and then he just turned away and kind of ambled off down the street. And I was like, what just fucking happened? And I'm like shaking, there's adrenaline <clears throat> and I get back to my bike and then I'd see what he's doing and he's not even looking back towards me. He just keeps walking off down the street and so I called the police on my phone and then I got on my bike and because he wasn't like paying attention to me at all, I could stay like 10 meters behind him and he just wouldn't turn around. Um, he threw the glass bottle down at one point and smashed it on the street. And, uh, so I'm calling the police. I'm telling them everything that's happening. 
And I'm like, here, I'm on the corner of Little Lonsdale and Queen, come as quick as you can. And dude, like, sits down on a bench. He, like, crosses the street, like, kind of pulls someone up for a second, just like a random person, and chats to them. <coughs> oh, and, um, and sits down on a bench behind a tree, so he can't see me. <coughs> so I'm still, like, 10 meters away, just just standing on my, like, on my bike, leaning against a stoplight. Uh, waiting for the cops to come for like 15 minutes at this point. I'm just kind of sitting there listening to music. And it really struck me as crazy that like the guy now, like he's smashed the bottle. He doesn't have a, a glass bottle anymore. <clears throat> he just looks like a regular homeless guy. Um, I don't know if he was homeless though, because he wasn't even, he wasn't carrying a bag or anything. He was just, it was just himself. But he like was probably 50 years old and, uh, <clears throat> you know, just had that kind of dirty look about him, I guess. And, um, he was sitting on this bench and then he would like, you know, wave to people, like call people over that were walking by and they would stop and engage him. And I was just like, you don't know that this guy 10 minutes ago was waving a a fucking broken bottle in my face. Me, just a random person who he'd never met before. I'd never seen this guy before. I had no previous to the first time I met him, he was waving a bottle in my face. Do you know what I mean? So it was just crazy to, to know that and to just... I mean, that's that's going to leave me with a super negative impression of, <laughs> that guy's really not a very good ambassador for homeless people, is he? Because now all I'm going to think when I see a homeless person is like, what were you doing 10 minutes ago that you might have been, you know, I don't know. I guess when you talk to someone, you can see if they're like dangerous or you can see if they're drunk or whatever. But like, and so the cops came after like 15, 20 minutes. And when I saw them doing a hook turn up the street to turn down the street, um, and it was like, the guy was closer to them than I was. So he saw them first <clears throat> and he must've still been fairly aware of his surroundings because as soon as he saw them, he like kind of, it was like, a, um, like a cat burglar in a cartoon, you know, he got up on his tippy toes and was like, and like went off down the little side street. Like he gained a bunch of agility that I wasn't seeing before when he was swaying on that park bench. Uh, and so when the cops turned down to, to talk to me, like, you know, he was already gone and I didn't want to follow him down the corner. Cause what if he's waiting behind the corner? If he has seen me, I don't fucking know, man. I was still really shook. Um, and the cops came and I was like, he just went down there. I'm sorry. I couldn't catch him or anything. And they were like, you know, like, as if that's my job. <laughs> and, uh, and the cops were like, all right, man. Yeah, that's cool. Like if we see him, I guess if he's drunk, we'll, uh, lock him up for the night. And that was kind of underwhelming as well. Like, dude, this guy just waved a bottle in my fat, like, if, what if that was a knife? Like, it wasn't a knife, but it's as dangerous as a knife. If there's someone... If I went now to Burke Street Mall in the middle of the day and fucking waved a, a knife around and was threatening people with it, I'm going to jail. Straight away, I'm going to jail. But this guy... <clears throat> I guess I'm feeling kind of indignant a little bit. Like, I, am, am I entitled to that? To, to be like... How dare this person throw... I don't know. I feel like a little bit petty, but at the same time, it's like, fucking... Do you believe... Oh, you do not believe me? Is that the problem? Do you believe that maybe we've been in a fight or something and I've called the police? Fuck! A dude was around in the city in the middle of the day brandishing a broken glass bottle in strangers' faces. And you're going to lock him up if he's drunk. If he's sober, well, he probably knew what he was doing. <laughs> I guess there was a reason. Fuck me! And it was, so 
I came home, I rode my bike home after that, I come home, and, like, this didn't help, right? Because I, I come into the house, and, uh, the first thing that, uh, I knock on Blake's door, and I come in, and I start telling him the story, and Blake starts doing this bit that's like, did you kiss him? Did he try and kiss you? Did he kiss you? And I'm like, okay, but let me keep telling the story, and he keeps interrupting with this bit of, like, but, like, so then, who did you kiss? Did your dad kiss him? And I'm like... Fuck, man, I know what you're doing, but I really just want to get this fucking story out right now. I'm still shaking. That made me angry. I told him later. I was like, dude, I didn't appreciate that, but whatever. I know the bit you're doing. You didn't realize that I was freaking out. Um, <coughs> actually, I'm going to, as a payback, I'm going to tell this story. <laughs> and then I'll get back to the main thing. Yesterday, so Blake does this bit. Um, one time, because, wait, fuck, man, we live together, we're best friends, I, uh, one time he knocked on my door and came into my room, and I was like, I, I'd just been watching porn, and I, like, pulled the covers over me, and he was like, hey, man, what's up, and I was like, oh, dude, I was just watching porn, you need to leave, <laughs> it was so embarrassing, um, and he was like, oh, my, oh, oh, all right, fuck, brutal, sorry, man, and so now, whenever I knock on his door, literally every time, he does this bit where he's like, Stop it! Taco, I'm wanking! I'm wanking! No! Get out! I'm wanking! And, uh, it's, it's been, that was, that's been going on for like a month, you know? Maybe longer. And, um, so yesterday I knocked on his door. <laughs> and I waited a second, and I, like, opened it a little bit, and he was like, oh, I'm wanking! And I was like, haha, very funny, I need to get the speaker off you. And he was like, no, I'm, I'm legitimately wanking right now, can you please leave? <laughs> the fucking boy who cried wolf, dumb cunt. That's what you get for playing with fire, doing the fucking calling out wanking every time I go into your room. The first time you actually are. I'm not going to believe you. I just walked around the side of his bed and he was just sitting there so awkward like, oh, I'm actually wanking right now. <laughs> Suck shit. <clears throat> And I'm telling that story on my podcast because you weren't nice to me when a homeless dude put glass in my face. Anyway, uh, <laughs> sorry, buddy. So, um, so Blake said that, and then um, I was just feeling, yeah, still really shook up, and I I just got a beer out of the fridge and had a beer, and <clears throat> went to sit out the front, looked at my phone, and there was a message on my phone. Uh, from, I'd just done, I just emailed a bunch of reviewers that day going like, Hey, I, uh, sold out my first three nights of my run. I would love if you guys have any time just to come and review my show last minute. And a guy from the music had messaged me saying that they did have a, a slot for me, um, that night. So I was going to get a reviewer into my show that night. So I'm like shook up from the guy, the glass thing. And then I'm like, Ah, I've got a reviewer. Like, this is crazy. And, you know, that's stressful because I just expected to not have a reviewer for the whole festival. And I'd kind of made peace with that. So I got that to deal with. And I had a show in an hour's time. And the show that I was going to do was... Um, I've told this t story to a bunch of people now. So, like, apologies if I fucking... <clears throat> Maybe I should try and tell it differently. But I don't want to. I think it's funny. I, um... I had this show that was called Battle of the Superheroes in like an hour's time from when I got home. And that show, the format of it is that there's four comedians, you each pick a superhero, and then you go on stage, do five minutes of stand-up about that superhero to tell the audience who they are. 
And then after that, you all come on and the audience asks you questions like who would win in a fight or who's the best at sex or who's got fucking the best house or whatever. And you have to improvise funny answers to those questions and at the end they vote on who was the funniest and blah, blah, blah. So <clears throat> I was doing Harvey Berman, Attorney at Law. Do you guys ever watch that show? It's crazy to me that no one... I did the show, um, the, the superhero show, and no one in the audience had seen Harvey Berman, Attorney at Law. It's fucking... Like Adult Swim put that out in the early 2000s with like Happy Tree Friends and Friends and all that stuff. It was a sick show. It was about some superhero from the 60s called Harvey Birdman whose superpower, who was like a, the ray of the sun or some shit and he was a man with wings on his back. And the premise of Attorney at Law is that he's not making enough money as a superhero so he um, he falls back on his original career which was as a lawyer, right? So... um yeah, so like, so that's the show, and then and then every episode, that's right, every episode he uh, has like different cartoons on, and he defends them against a charge. So like, he defends uh, Scooby Doo against charges of marijuana possession, and it's like silly like that. Um, and it's a fucking great show, and I did that, and no one in the audience knew who I went on, and I was like, hey, I'm Harvey Birdman, <clears throat> and not a single person, literally no one, was like, I know that thing, and. Uh, I'm talking about him and making that funny of like, haha, no one knows it. This is going to be bad. And then at the end of my like five minutes about the superhero, I was like, guys, I just want to level with you. I feel my nerves are completely shot right now because this afternoon I was sitting on a, on my bike on Queen Street and a homeless dude came up to me and waved a broken bottle in my face and threatened me with it. And then half an hour later, I found out that I have a review in for my show tonight and I was going to spend the afternoon writing jokes about Harvey Berman attorney at law and then those things happen. So I'm sorry that I don't have any jokes about Harvey Birdman. Alright guys? And uh I ended up winning the fucking Battle of the Superheroes. <laughs> and I don't know <clears throat> as I left, first of all, people were telling me like we have seen Harvey Birdman attorney at law. We just didn't want to say. Which what well, I don't understand that in comedy. People like, comedy audiences think, like, oh, we'll help the comedian by not engage. Like, if I ask you a question and it's like a, you know, I mean, you can tell when it's a rhetorical question, surely, by the rhythm of my speech. If I go, like, ask a rhetorical question, I think, fuck no, actually. If I ask any question on stage and you answer, I should be engaging with you. It's never, like, unless I tell you, hey, don't answer the question, like... I wanted to know, has anyone seen Harvey Berman, attorney at law? Complete silence. Who's sitting there going, oh, well, this is clearly the setup to a joke, when the show's about me doing Harvey Berman, attorney at law? I don't know. It was weird that, like, four or five people afterwards came up, and there were dudes that were in the front row that were looking at me and, like, enjoying the show, and they came up to me and were like, yeah, I have seen it, but I just didn't want to say. I was like, what did you think I was going to do? Ah, you fucking idiot. Saw the show that I clearly like because I'm doing the character of... Fucking look at Loser over here. That was strange. <clears throat> and, at, like, and then some other people after the show were coming up to me going, oh, we just voted for you because we so felt sorry for you. I mean, I guess that's nice. I was about to be indignant and go, fuck you, don't feel so... But that's nice that you have, have a better reaction to me getting fucking uh, threatened uh, than, than my housemate and best friend... Blake, the weak dog Freeman, huh? <laughs> if anyone's listening, go and see Blake Freeman in the comedy festival. He's doing Comedy Zone, and he's a fantastic comedian. And a very good boy. 
So, um, ah, and then, uh, <clears throat> on, uh, on Sunday night, I went to the Imperial to what I've not spent very much time at the festival club so far, which I am super stoked about, to be honest. Like, I was there the first night, and I, like, had a few drinks and whatever, but just, I don't want to spend that fucking money, man. Going in there, like, immediately, it's just like, you're locked in for a few hours, and it's, it's just like a $30 drinking commitment, and a hangover the next day. I don't think I've had a hangover this week. Fuck yeah, that's a big thing to get excited about. <laughs> I actually also, how's I bought my tickets to, uh, I bought my flights to fucking, do you ever, like, I don't know how those flight websites work. I bought my flights, uh, return to the UK for the Fringe from, like, leaving end of June, coming back mid-September, doing the, my new show on the Edinburgh Fringe, and I was, uh, I went into a travel agent, first of all. And, uh, I mean, they're totally just trying to... What is the fucking point of travel agents at this stage, you know? When there are all of those online sites that you can book flights on. And has anyone ever actually been scammed by one of those sites? I Maybe I'm being optimistic, but I don't think that exists. People are like, oh, it's a bit dodgy, it's online. Dude, you get a fucking receipt when it's like... Oh, so, the travel agent quoted me $1,700 return from Melbourne to London for the dates that I wanted. I got it for twelve hundred dollars. That and then the travel agent adds an extra fifty dollars admin fee on, which I asked her and she was like, Oh yeah, but that's optional and I'm like, Yeah, but you don't fucking tell us that, do you, unless I ask you. What the fuck is the point of travel agents at this stage? Like she couldn't even find the flights that I found. I my twelve the I so okay, so I got twelve hundred dollar flights return, which is amazing, by the way. I'm so stoked. And I had to sit at my computer, this was a couple days ago, I was sitting at my computer for a while trying a few different websites, because like one would say that the flights were now not available, and then another one wouldn't work, and on the third or fourth try, I finally got them, and I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. And the layovers are like two hours, both times as well, incredible, right? But about four days before that, I I looked up my dates, <clears throat> and it had been like $1,500 online, and then I go to a travel agent just to do a bit of comparison, and the travel agent couldn't even find the $1,500 one, so they couldn't even get me flights at the same price that I found, and then they were like, oh, but we have a, a price beat guarantee, and I was like, what's that? She goes, we'll beat your price by a dollar. A dollar, not even like 10%. Who the fuck are you? And then you're going to put an extra $50 on there. Get the fuck away from me. <laughs> and she goes, yeah, but I guess it's just, you know, if you want to be safe and book in person rather than book online. Dude, stop trying to perpetuate the myths that the internet can't be trusted. It's 2018. I'm pretty sure that I'd fucking trust going on the internet and buying something or else I wouldn't have my fucking card details in there. Ugh. All, all travel agencies should be shut down now. By the way, this podcast is sponsored by uh, by, <laughs> by Flight Center. Uh, I'll do that's a fucking sponsorship blackmail. Flight Center, if you want me to start using your service and not bad mouthing you on my podcast, how about do a better a better fucking price match than one dollar? Are you kidding me? Oh. Ugh. How'd that be? Like, if you're, like, 
something comparable in price, like buying a car and you have a dude that you've like built up a trust with and then some random guy comes in and goes, I'll beat the price by $1. I don't, I trust you less because of, it's such a shitty price match. Like, what are you getting out of this by stealing that thing? One dollar? No, fuck you. Make it fucking at least 10%. Surely. 5%. That's fucking 50 bucks. Oh, that made me so angry. I had absolutely no... I guess that's part of it as well, is like, you're supposed to feel a little bit bad walking out of the store because they've talked to you and asked you to, like, ask you your name and you're like... It's like a whole sales pitch where they're like hoping the personal angle will make you feel connected to them so it's harder to not buy off them. Oh, I felt so good walking out of that fucking travel agent's going, nah, man, you are not getting a cent of my money. So what was I talking about? Yeah, so I I pretty much saved. I feel like even though, I mean, I still spent the money for the flights, I feel like by not taking that $1,700 or whatever the original thing, like, I feel like I've made $500 by getting those $1,200 flights. That's like a phenomenal saving, isn't it? Um, <clears throat> so I went down to, on Sunday, that's right, rather than go to the festival club, I uh, I went to the Imperial and I watched the mighty Tottenham Hotspur take down the scum, the rent boy scum. I don't know what rent boy means. Is that a homophobic? I hope not. The rent boy scum of Chelsea Football Club. And, uh, God, it was fucking awesome. It was, uh, so we had not beaten Chelsea since the 10th of January 1990 at Stamford Bridge, which is their home ground. And we fucking did them in the butthole. They fu- We even let them score first. And then three unanswered goals. Ericsson on the half. And then fucking two from Delhi Alley in in six minutes. And um, I was there with Scott Adams, who's a comic from the UK, who uh, is a huge Spurs fan from North London. And um, <laughs> there, the Arsenal game was beforehand. So the Imperial is the Tottenham supporters club. That's like the pub where Tottenham supporters go in Melbourne to go watch the games. And the game before was Arsenal, who we fucking hate. But they were there. A few of them stayed on. And there was a table. Two of them were behind, sitting behind us That when Chelsea scored. They were fucking loving it. And there were a couple Chelsea supporters there as well. And I'm, I mean, you know, like I'm like, fucking, that's no good. But I'm not someone who's going to start a fight. Like, that's just not... I don't know. I'm not that aggressive. And, like, if you grew up there, I think there's a real hatred for those other clubs. But for me, I'm like, I really don't like Chelsea, but Arsenal, it's like, they suck and whatever, and Arsenal Vegas is a piece of shit, but I don't have that real fucking hatred in my heart, you know? But Scott, growing up there, he fucking hates them. And uh, when we scored the third goal, I heard Scott behind me, like, you know that thing you do in a pub where you, like, rattle a chair? You're like, ah! and you're like, fucking chuck the chair into the ground to be like, yeah, you fucking have it, you fucking want some, you fucking say. And he was really going for it, man. <laughs> Caught up in the moment. And I'm like, dude, we just scored. It's okay. We're going to win. We've got this game in the bag. And uh, he turned back around. And then after a while, he was very drunk, but he calmed down. And he was just like, oh, mate, I feel a bit so- sorry about that, mate. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. I was out of line there. Sorry about that, mate. Which was very beautiful of him to do. Um, 
And then he just was like, no, I feel really bad about that. I, you know, I was like, don't, just don't turn around. It's fine. <laughs> I love to see that. As much as I'm never someone to get in a fight, I love being there. <laughs> I want to watch from the sidelines. <laughs> that was like when Dave, when my mate Dave in London fucking punched an Arsenal fan in the face on the tube and the whole, our whole end of the tube carriage had cleared out and I was like there watching it. But as soon as that happened, I sat down on the bench and like, I'll say it's because I didn't want my visa to get cancelled, but really it's just because I hate violence and I don't want to be a part of it, you know? Never been in a fight in my life, man. Been punched in the face before, but I just, I don't know, I'm... I like the idea that maybe one day I could punch someone in the face and get punched in the face for like a bit, but I just, I can't see it happening. I back down too quick. I look for the resolution like a coward, always trying to resolve conflicts like a pussy, like Donald Trump. He's a fucking man, isn't he? That's that kind of dude, right? Donald Trump is a guy who just would never back down from a fight, and that's why he's going for the nuclear solution. Nuclear? Nuclear. Nuclear. Fuck me, that was dumb. I read that in the library. Nuclear. Library. Uh, haphazard. <laughs> I don't know why that word came into my head. Fucking how long are we done here? 25 men. Oh, we are cruising along. 25 men. How's I just got... Um, I just got the email for um, getting accepted into Nice. That's the new enterprise incentive scheme. I'm super pumped about that. So this is like um, this is a thing that the government in Australia does for new businesses, where you go into like a ten week business course, and uh, a bunch of other comedians have done it. So they like put you in a course. They teach you how to run a business by yourself mostly, and uh, while you're in that, you get to claim Centrelink, um, which I'm claiming currently. And then you don't have to report your income from your business as counting against your Centrelink. So, fuck yeah to that. I'm a... Oh! Oh, and it starts on the... Not, oh, I just realized something. So, all right, so... <clears throat> what I'm kind of thinking about right now is I just got all of my money from the Perth and Adelaide fringes, which is not heaps. It's like $2,000, okay? Glimpse behind the veil. I'm not doing great. I'm doing fine, um, but I have to report that in my in my Centrelink earnings, which is annoying, because like, it means I can't claim Centrelink for this two weeks, which is like six hundred bucks that I lose, um, and I mean I've got enough for rent and all of that kind of stuff. But with the new enterprise incentive scheme, I wouldn't if I had been doing that two weeks ago, I wouldn't have had to claim this money against it, so I would have still been able to get that six hundo plus the the it's two and a half grand actually, Perth and Adelaide. Plus that, I'm really wondering, like, do I just do it? <laughs> I mean, now that I've said this on a podcast, I definitely can't. But, like, that's the thing is, like, how far into it do they look, you know? But I don't uh, I don't want to get audited, man. Like, my friend Mark told me he got audited um, by Centrelink. And, uh, like, he, he, I guess he got caught or he got picked for a random audit. And it lasted for, like for like five years where every three months he had to pay his tax back to the government. And then at the end of the year, if he, so it's not like at the end of the year, they calculate whether you owe tax. If you get audited, you have to pay a set amount every three months. And then at the end of the year, if you have like, 
if you've paid too much, then they give it back to you. But he was just like, dude, it was crippling every three months to have to pay this money because he wasn't earning enough. He would have to have to pay like a grand because they just assume that you're going to earn a certain amount even if you're not earning that on... Like, even if it looks like you're not earning that much, they just go, well, we saw that you fucked up and lied to us one time, so we're going to fuck you and make sure that there's enough money coming out of your bank account to be able to pay us. Oh, five years, and he was overseas during that time. Don't lie on your taxes is the lesson. That really put the fear in me, man. I don't want to be doing that. Especially because I don't know that I even make three, like a grand every three months, like surplus. Where the fuck would that money come from? Ugh, I don't even want to think about that. <sighs> but I got I got my letter of acceptance into the new Enterprise Incentive Scheme. Sick. Starts on Monday the 9th of April. And then that's 10 weeks. That'll take me up until pretty much the start of the World Cup. And that's two weeks before I leave to go to the UK. So guys, I'm set. I have things to do for the next three months. Isn't that a fucking awesome feeling when you're like... I don't know, I mean, maybe if you've got a job a nine to five or whatever, you don't, do you still get that? Are you still like, I need something to do other than the nine to five? It's just, it feels good to be like, I've got goals for the next three months. This is the shit that I have to accomplish and do. Yeah. A sense of purpose. You know, I think that's where I'm going to end this podcast today. I've got a sense of purpose going forwards for the next three months. And then I've got Edinburgh after that in August, I got my new show to write. Oh, this is so exciting. I mean, in the next couple months as well, I'm going to be finishing the new book, the 52 Days of Drinking book that I'm going to be putting out with my Edinburgh show. Fuck yeah, I'm figuring it out. Um, the next thing now, so what, all right, what's my goals? Next few months, I have to, uh, in the next five days, I'm doing my last shows of the Abisham flat, right? Um, so that's super cool. I'll finish that show, go out with a bang, hopefully pick up a couple good reviews. Um, and then as soon as that finishes, I'm starting Nice next Monday and I want to look, start looking for a new place. Those are the two goals other than like, yes. So doing more comedy, but looking for a new place with Blake and Brendan, three bedrooms, backyard, somewhere in in, in the North of Melbourne and, uh, and then just killing this business course. I think I want to crush it, man. I was really good in school. I've, I'm aware by the way that this podcast has not been very funny. I don't think I've made myself genuinely laugh in this podcast, but that's fine. Sometimes you don't laugh. Sometimes life is just momentum and moving forward. I barely even drank any of my tea. Do you know what I mean? If that's not an indicator that I'm doing well in life, then I don't know what is, mate. Um, yeah, so I want to find a new place with Blake, do the new Enterprise Incentive Scheme, uh, fucking keep doing comedy, finish writing this book. Fuck yeah. That's it, man. Fuck it. That's it for the pod. Uh, thank you guys very much for listening. If you listened up to this point, if you've just listened to me set new life goals, I fucking appreciate that, man. What are your life goals? Do you guys have... Do you guys do that? I feel like I do that every time for myself this week. Someone fucking tell me what it's like having a 9-to-5 job. Do you still do the like have those goals outside the job? Or I guess if you really love your job, you just fucking are doing the job, innit? Thank you guys so much for listening. It's uh, it's going to be a good few months. I've been Aiden Taco Jones. He's been sitting under a tree. Peace.